hey everyone, um, it's Andrea Richardson. Our topic today is an important one with everything going on in the world today. The concepts of diversity, equity, and inclusion are at the forefront of many people's minds. Whether it's uh, child welfare or more broadly human service systems, um, systems have struggled with achieving equity with all identified groups. We know that there is an overrepresentation of diverse populations within human service systems and that as a result, they may uh, receive less consistent services and unequal outcomes. It is essential that all agencies are addressing issues at both the individual as well as the systems level. And with that said, because of its importance in today's culture, we are all learning, going through our own journeys to better understand what it means and what it takes to be diverse, to be equitable, and to be inclusive. And we we put it this way because we don't want it to just be words that we say, but it, for it to also be something that we truly mean and want to affect change um, for ourselves as well as for others. My guests today are Dr. Christine Moses, CEO of Buffalo Cloud Consulting. She is a coach, community builder, change maker, and facilitator working with people to solve complex issues. She specifically works with people to find solutions to their social justice, equity, and inclusion communications and strategic planning issues. We are also joined with Mindy Curran of Barry Dunn, and she's a senior consultant, public health lead and co-lead of the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Committee with Barry Dunn. Mindy works with states around improvement projects and finding creative and sustainable solutions that align with their organizational goals. She is passionate about identifying opportunities and creating solutions to enhance uh, health equity, particularly around underserved and vulnerable populations. So welcome, everyone. Thank you so much. Uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, great. So, Dr. Moses, um, you are uh, the CEO of Buffalo Cloud Consulting. Explain what uh, Buffalo Cloud Consulting does. We help organizations in their equity journey. Um, I have many, many years of communications, community engagement experience, as well as um, 60 years of being a biracial black woman um, in the United States. And so the last 10 years, I have really focused on um, my equity journey and helping organizations through their equity journey. And so it is facilitating, educating, holding space, doing strategic planning with an equity lens, a lot of different ways that equity can show up in supporting organizations. Perfect, perfect. And Mindy, as a senior consultant and co-lead for the DEI committee, um, explain how you are bringing the concept of DEI uh, into what you do. Absolutely, and thanks so much for having me, Andrea, and great to be here sharing, sharing this time with you, Dr. Moses. One thing that we're very excited about in the public health practice at Barry Dunn is that states are really starting to recognize that DEI means more than just saying you are interested in DEI. Communities are getting more involved in providing sustainable, applicable solutions that really support their vulnerable communities so that there can be equitable health provided and accessible to all populations. So we're seeing that in a much more tangible and concrete way than we previously were in store. There's more than ever and 
obviously exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. One size does not fit all. One size will not support all populations in the way that they need support. So what we're doing with the public health practice is supporting state agencies, identify those solutions, working with them to help to reach the different populations. And what's really exciting is that as a firm, internally, we're also recognizing what that means to be representative as an organization in the workplace for diversity, equity, inclusion, but also belonging and access among our own employees. So it's that kind of workforce element in addition to what we provide to our clients. So, um, so Dr. Moses and, and, and also Mindy, so, um, you know, I, I feel like the the concept of DEI is something that, while it's it's been around for for a long time, I think it's one of those that people are like, I kind of know what it is. I'm not quite sure. Um, you know, I have I have an inkling about it. Um, Dr. Moses, can you tell us what what is uh, DEI? How did it come about? Can you sort of uh, the background a little bit? I look at it as a mindset. Um, Diversity is about having a, a wide array of people at the table, and the table is the decision-making process. Um, inclusion is, is who is there? How does that decision get made? How do those historically minoritized voices get centered? How do we shift the power structures in order to be able to center those voices mm -hmm. and then equity is acknowledging the historical harms that have happened that keep the disproportional outcomes in place and so what are identifying those barriers and then tearing down those barriers and even maybe giving those communities extra supports in order to be able to have that level playing field that we all say we want, but we need to get people up to those places through capacity building or different types of supports in order for that, that level playing field to happen. And I want to defer to Mindy um, around what equity means for Barry Dunn, because it means different things for different organizations. Mm -hmm. And understanding that we're we're working with culture, we're working with systemic level, we're working with an institutional level, and we're working with an individual level. Mm -hmm. Those four levels are always at at play whenever we're doing this type of work. So I, I want to defer to Mindy around what Barry Dunn's mm -hmm. equity definition is. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think that's something that Barry Dunn is very excited about. We are cognizant that we don't have that defined those defined words for what we mean by that but there if if anything the one thing that we have come together is to recognize that we want a more inclusive environment and we know that one solution one strategy one approach means approaching all different communities and knowing we don't know what that solution will be. It's such an organic process right now, but the one thing that we are aware of is that what we propose will probably not work for everyone. And mm -hmm. being uncomfortable in that space, knowing we've got a long way to go, but we are excited 
to know more about that journey and bring in the experts to help us get there. I think it's that uh, really wallowing in our ignorance of saying, we don't know, we, we don't have the solutions, we aren't the experts, but we want to learn and we want to make it a place where if there are communities that we haven't recognized and supported thus far, we want to be able to provide that in the future. So that's where we are right now. And I think there's just a universal understanding that we we want support and we know that we don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. Some of those, you know, riff off of that, if you don't mind. Um, sure. Some of those really important competencies when we're stepping in as consultants, because, you know, we're consultants, we're supposed to know everything. People are hiring mm-hmm. us for our expertise, right? And I have found that if I don't know what the outcome is going to be, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Because the wisdom's in the room. Mm -hmm. I don't have to have a TikTok. I don't have to have an agenda down to the minute. What I do have to have is the ability to listen deeply and to be in the moment, regulate myself, and make connections between people. If I can do that, then the answer to the question or the problem or the issue is gonna bubble up. And believing in myself enough as a facilitator, as a consultant, has really been a journey to discovery, curiosity, inquiry, and not knowing. Like if Mm -hmm. I I just know that it's going to be great because I'm going to create a space where people get to show up and figure it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't have the answers. That for a consultant is a very hard place to be. And that's what I think is the magic that allows community, real community engagement to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think that, you know, and I think it brings up a a good a good question, you know, because you think about, okay, as a consultant, you know, you want to be able to come in and work with agencies and kind of say, okay, let's have this, let's have this conversation around this topic area that I may not know which direction it's going to go or you know, like how we're going to work it through um, and be okay with that. Are there, are there competencies? Are there like skills? Skills that, you know, if I'm an agency leader and, and I'm thinking about like making, you know, kind of going on this journey, both, you know, as a, as a person, but also as my agency, as my team and kind of thinking about becoming more DEI um, competent and and sort of uh, inclusive within my organization. Are there skills or competencies that that I need to kind of consider um, that I need to make sure that are in place so that this conversation I have and this journey that I'm on is successful. Are there things I need to kind of look out for? I'll um, kind of bounce off of Dr. Moses's last response and really uh, highlight the importance of listening and hearing from your community. I mean, in the public health 
history, it's been so common to go into a community, come up with a solution and put this on communities. And it surprisingly is not sustainable. It doesn't work. There's much more of a shift now to hear directly from the participants of the community what their needs are. And I think understanding and recognizing that there are those differences. So not only in taking the time to hear from within the community, but also knowing that there can be a variety of different solutions. There can be a variety of different tools that can be applied and proposed because various communities may engage and interact with different solutions in very different ways. That's not to say various different solutions are the right way, but to be really flexible and open to that there may be alternatives that may be more appropriate for particular communities in digesting and understanding and applying these principles in ways that work for them. So I think a flexibility uh, and listening and then communicating in ways that the various different populations can communicate. It's It might be a different language, it might be a different lived experience that you engage with different personnel, but having that flexibility is going to be essential. I think from a personal perspective, the, the sector lead, the office lead, the, the team lead really needs to be on their equity journey. Mm-hmm. And that is listen, believe, and reflect. It is, you know, using the racial healing handbook. It is really spending time with other people who are not like you. Mm-hmm. So you can identify your biases. But more importantly, normalize conversations around race at work. Mm-hmm. Like that is a really important skill. And that's where all the dis- that's where discomfort sits. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we want to bypass that natural, we want to bypass that because we hate sitting and being, you know, not comfortable. Mm-hmm. But that's where breathing comes in. That's where our breath work, meditation, mindfulness, mm-hmm. all of that self-regulation. So I, as a leader, as a team leader, can hold these conversations in safer containers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Having community agreements around when we're stepping into these conversations is really important too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's doing the hard work of, of identifying our biases, identifying our needs, mm-hmm. and then stepping in to be the bridge across to the client, across to the junior staff member, to the senior staff member, to the community, um, and and just bringing those bridging facilitation and deep listening skills into the room will help change the tenor of the meaning. Mm -hmm. It almost sounds like in in some ways, some parts of what you you said, Dr. Moses and, and Mindy, is that as, uh, as social workers, you know, most of us are social workers who have been in child welfare and human services. It's almost like we have to use those good social work skills that we use with the families, but we need to use it both with ourselves and kind of tuning in, 
but also use those engagement skills and 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 the work that we do um, internally as we're kind of like working as with coworkers and kind of improving the way that we do things um, internally within our organization. Yeah. Um, so I one of yeah. my triggers is um, I want to play devil's advocate. Okay, that to me is like my antenna has just shot up and I am like, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah, no, no, we, we're not playing anything. I want you to speak from your use, use I statements, speak from your mm -hmm. own perspective mm -hmm. and then let's move forward. So I have to know my triggers mm -hmm. in order to be a great facilitator in that moment. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, how about uh, so? So if I'm really if I'm really present, if I'm really engaging, if I'm using those I statements and I'm and I'm really listening and I'm being flexible, what what can be the impact um, of an in an agency when I'm really doing, you know, DEI work? Cindy, what have you found? I think one thing has been it it takes a while to get there. Mm -hmm. So to start with, I think it takes um, honesty and a real acceptance for one's own person to recognize their own biases mm -hmm. and act in a way that's different. So I think the starting place for definitely members of the DEIBA Council at Barry Dunn has been a recognition mm -hmm. of where they're starting and what that is. From there, what the impact would be is that sitting in that uncomfortable space and owning that, but then transitioning into that's okay. It's, it's uncomfortable. I am this way most likely as a result of the structures that have been in my past that have led me to be this way, that does not mean that I'm actively trying to proceed in a different way, but I'm a product of my experiences. Now, what can I do in my environment, in our case at Barry Dunn, to move the needle, to get leadership even more on board and understand? Fortunately, our leadership team is super supportive, but what does that mean? How do we translate that into practice? So I think it's navigating that gap between I am here and I am open and willing to support DEI principles at my firm, but that's not going to be an overnight activity. So how do I how do I get others like me on board and how do I make that transition more? More meaningful and realistic. Because we can we can put we can put plans into place, we can strategies, we can we can have all of that on paper. But I think that's kind of where we as society, we have been. We have addressed that DEI before. But how do we actually make that impact? And that's the challenge I think people are recognizing. What does that impact mean? And what can I do with the skills and the knowledge that I have with where I'm at right now? Yeah. Dr. Moses. Yeah. Um, two things. <clears throat> I, I love that knowing that there's paper versus reality, right? And yeah. and it's it's giving yourselves permission to just go make a mistake. Mm -hmm. We're just going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. We don't have to sit in blame and shame and guilt. 
We may feel them, but we can move through them to responsibility. And being in affinity group, whether it's, you know, a white caucus or a black caucus or LGBTQ caucus or affinity group work helps us to support each other um, through those really hard times because we're all going to hit that really hard time. Um, and and that's where forgiveness, I think forgiveness and compassion are so critical to this work. Forgiveness mm-hmm. for ourselves, compassion for ourselves and our learning. Mm-hmm. Can't do it without it. And then um, what I did with Michelle Kennedy when we were doing the strategic planning process with the city of Gresham, Oregon, mm-hmm. was really um, starting with the city council and doing equity work with them. And so they were the main um, leaders of the strategic planning process. And so they needed to know what diversity, equity, inclusion meant to them. They Mm -hmm. needed their own agreements, community agreements. They needed to begin to build empathy for each other as well Mm -hmm. as for the different constituents in their communities. Mm -hmm. So I think those six hours of building community with them led to a more equitable strategic plan for them to be able to lean into and then support over the next three to five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so it sounds like you need, you know, like, uh, as an individual, you need kind of the skills of, you know, tuning in and listening and being flexible, um, being okay with being uncomfortable and um, being open to how the conversation goes and okay with, hey, we're all going to make mistakes and that's okay. We're going to just, we're going to keep learning together. Um, And that at each level of an organization, you almost need to give each level grace to be able to take the time to kind of learn their pieces and have their journeys and then, you know, kind of come together as a, as a team. And that just kind of trickles down to each level and, and eventually to the communities that they, that they work with. Dr. Moses, I, you know, have you seen where in communities where that has really really blossomed and and work what 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 kinds of things might you see when you know when it's done well you see how the community voice is actually the driver of the change mm-hmm. where um engagement is shifted from come to city hall to going to where the community is mm-hmm. creating Um, events and engagements that meet their needs, whether it's language or childcare or food or whatever the needs are. Mm -hmm. And then being able to bring that information back that's actionable, that changes the behavior inside of the government, inside Mm -hmm. of the departments. Mm -hmm. And so again, I mean, this is, systems change is like three to seven years. At least. just, just, yeah, at least. Just, yeah, like, so, so it's very cool that the city of Gresham has hired me to also now do their diversity, equity, and inclusion work with their 
DEI team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And they're using targeted universalism as their North Star in order to center their equity work that is now going to begin to change the the way the staff work. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, uh, I'll let you know in three to seven years. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we'll be we'll be watching just to to uh, to see how that goes. Well, I would like to thank Dr. Moses and and Mindy for joining us today on these, these this important topic. Please join us next time as we um, do part two of our discussion, where we will talk about uh, moving from theory to practice, and then also around our engagement work with our communities and also with our teams. Um, it's going to be a good one. You're 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 going to want to uh, for sure uh, take a listen and uh, take care.